for You're like, oh, cool, I can go add HTTPS to my site. There were no, no dogs harmed in the forming of this philosophy, okay? <laughs> All right, it's time for another episode of Grow the Dream today. The internet as a government-regulated utility. <sighs> I'm on board. Net neutrality. And SEO. On-page SEO, latent semantic indexing, and lots more. Which will explain it. Plus tools. Don't miss it. All Let's that more it. coming up right now. Welcome to the most indispensable show for people doing the hard work of growing your business. It's the marketing podcast by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. Welcome to Grow the Dream. All right, welcome to episode 73. Uh, that sounds so good. Let's get started. Thank you for pouring the coffee, man. So great. Oh, yeah. I'm just pouring. That's my. Cup. I can't reach it. Oh, okay. I I'll thought you were that giving cup. that to me. All right. I was so wrong. So welcome. Uh, yeah. How are you? <laughs> I had him day. turn you up, and then you go off yelling. Yeah. It's well, a, you're the one that turned it up. I didn't. Ask it's for it. too early. Calm down. Gold Coast. Oh, I've been mm. rolling for a while. From Starbucks is the blend of the day. Okay. We need to drink this up because. <laughs> You know, beans have a shelf life. I don't know how it is that we just don't drink it fast enough. We, what we need to do is, like, buy a pound of beans and then send it home with somebody so we can have a new one next week. You know what I think would be fantastic? If we just both, all two of us, would <laughs> each have our own French presses, just like you do every morning. You have a whole French press every morning, right, Rob? Yeah. Is that your secret to success? Uh, yeah, that's Gets it. things moving in the, uh, in the morning in more than one way? Oh, man. So, anyway... Uh, so, <laughs> speaking of constitutional discussions, I think we have some <clears throat> some good stuff coming up today that we're going to be talking about. Uh, but we also have some news to do today. But you know what? Before we do that, before we do any of that, I have loved these last two shows. We had we had oh, two, man, two fantastic guests. Yeah, yeah, really. Jonah Berger, Steve Staff, both of them with doctor in front of their name. But I'm excited to just hang out with you guys, even though you don't have a doctor in front of your name. Yeah. Thank you. I, I do have a doctor. I don't. Okay. I don't believe he's not in front of your name. No, he's not. All right, so um, I think this week is partly about live streaming because live streaming is everywhere. It's taking over the world. Josh, didn't you say you saw something about Tumblr now doing live videos? I don't know what the name of theirs, but they launched their own live stream. And then something called Musical.ly. Have you guys ever heard of this? Uh Uh-huh. Young people using it? I've actually heard of Musical.ly. No, not the word. No. The company. Music.ly. Anyway, they launched their own music live streaming service. I don't know. So anyway... It's a music Continue. live stream. I don't know. That's cool. Um, you know, Facebook has now said they are about to put ads in Facebook live videos over the next couple of months. You know, I, I think if oh, you're... Oh, wait. I thought you were saying just traditional... Like, they're putting them in Facebook, Facebook live videos are going to have ads. I don't know how this is going to work. Well, Who's going to get them? won't be during live, probably. Will it, will it be when... I don't know. I mean, I don't know. How does that work? But they're saying over the next few months, next couple of months, they're going to roll it out. I just think if you're Facebook... Even if you don't do it live, if you insert it in the replays or whatever, I mean, if you saw Chewbacca Mom and all of the server resources that that ate up, <laughs> you know, and you didn't have a piece of the financial pie, it makes sense. But then, I mean, if if we do, if I do a, a live Facebook, you should then, get the money. You should get a split of that. I revenue. would be concerned what the ad was too. That's playing sure. as part of my. Is it feed. contextual? You know, yeah, yeah. exactly. Or is, or it, is it a competitor? Right. Is it a competitor or is it something I would disagree with deeply or, you know, something like this? What that a lot of that is sort of concerning there. Weird. But I, but, you know, 
I mean, well, how does YouTube address this though? If if an ad shows up on your video that you are upset by, because there's no, you don't. Oh pick. yeah, you there are yeah actually there are some tools in in uh, YouTube that allow you to carve out certain. Okay. Um, I didn't realize that in the monetization settings, but but otherwise it just avoiding certain content, huh? right? It kind of automatically comes up with ads based on the title of your video, kind of what and all sorts of other stuff. I mean, yeah, it's all it's all the ad the uh, adwords, uh, you know, stuff that decides where to place the ads. So I feel like we're seeing the explosion of internet like 4.0 here with video because. Uh, really, quite rapidly, video. Are we has, on four? Uh, are we on three? three? I, I couldn't. I, I couldn't remember if we did three, three or next. It's kind of two point one. Uh, okay, but go ahead, keep going. If, if, you, if, if you feel better, that's that's fine. I do. As the the next iteration of the internet, okay, is uh, an internet without flash. Is is uh, yeah, is video because video is taking over everything it's and true. rapidly, and that's why I think you're seeing uh, even as we're talking about today, you're seeing so much happening. Everybody's launching into it quickly, and Facebook. You know, when they launched their, their live video, it's like instantly everybody's doing For one thing, of course, it was super easy. For another thing, everybody's on Facebook. Um, but it's just, and, it, and it's so watchable. It's, yeah, you know, it is. Even, it's and it's it, so easy. It's right there, and it's what everybody seems to want. I, I think it would be interesting to do a poll of the U.S. public and find out how many people know what Periscope and Meerkat are. <laughs> right. Versus, you know what I mean? Like, the, wow. No, because those got swallowed. So now YouTube... And, and was is YouTube, Meerkat even around anymore? Uh, no. No, I didn't think uh, so. I don't Wait, think so. Really? I, I think, didn't hear I think they bought I it. I would have heard they died. No, they I think died. they did, but I don't I could be wrong. Um What's funny is YouTube has had live streaming since 2011, and um, they were certainly not the the pioneers of live streaming, but they've had it since 2011. What's it, what's amazing is that they haven't had mobile app live streaming support until now. Oh, that's just crazy. Yeah, so they they're actually announcing this like very recently, um, and they they do have they also have 360 degree live streaming support, but of course you have to have like a really sickeningly expensive camera to do that but they're like beating everybody's butts on that i bet which is which is kind of fun okay i don't know if this is old news but meerkat is not dead but they're i mean I, they're probably their original product is dead now they're launching a new group video chat app okay yeah, well once periscope went up now they're going after skype but what's funny is that the headline on the story is Meerkat isn't dead. Because <laughs> right. that story is answering the question yeah, that we exactly. and everybody else were uh, yeah, you know, asked. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That the, the company is throwing in the towel and moving away from live, live streaming. Can't compete with Facebook and Twitter. Yeah, All right. Go figure. So back to, back to Facebook uh, and ads in live. They are apparently going to test different monetization models over the next couple of months. So they're going to apparently... So don't click on them because it'll only encourage Facebook. Publishers and creators are already making money. I don't know if you knew this. But there are certain people that Facebook actually went to that already had like good followings, and they said, "We will pay you to use Facebook Live." Really? Chewbacca mom was not one of them. And Probably she's so. The... She, she would be now. Yeah. <laughs> hey, did you see? Speaking of Chewbacca mom, that somebody made uh, an action figure with it's Chewbacca, but you take off the mask, and it's her. And it's her. Is she you laughing? Seriously, me? they've already got it on the market. Oh, Does she brilliant. laugh? Does she laugh? Oh, I don't that know. would I be hysterical. I didn't watch any video. I should have watched video. I yeah. didn't. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, so uh, live video. I you know. So as marketers, I think we have to start to continue to think about how is it that we, as marketers, continue to you know adopt this sort of stuff. I mean, some of our clients that do really well on camera. I think could do really well with like we have a client right now that's rolled out a whole series of new video content um, that they originally shot for cable 
like for advertising on cable. But it's brilliant stuff. And uh, this guy in particular, who was our client, could, could, I think he could pull off live videos and stuff all the time if he wanted to. And I think it would do really well. So I, that's the kind of stuff that I, like, I'm starting to think about. Where does this fit into you know, an actual marketing strategy and marketing plan? It's an interesting deal. So that's I, it, it is interesting. I was a little bit distracted by Josh having breakfast during the show, but it's really good. It's <laughs> it's a blueberry granola. I just can't stop eating it. So apparently, to beat so. you to the punch, I mean, I know where all this is going. Okay, video Fire. is a new form of content marketing, right, Ron? Well, sure. As long as it's not dead. What's new about it? I, I don't understand. I mean, that. yeah, you mean I mean, live video. It's got well. That's what we're talking. Is the live? Video. I mean, I don't, on this show, everything is content marketing. So I just, you know. Oh, I see. All right. So you made it news. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, <clears throat> when we come back, <laughs> we're going to be talking about uh, uh, one of the big recent uh, federal court decisions uh, that will probably affect everything. And if you don't care about that, we got some other fun stuff too. Yep. Rod. Yes. Teach me about PR. You got 60 seconds. 60 Go. seconds. All oh, right. That's quick. All right. Well, we got four keys here in, uh, in, in PR, and that's the hook, the story, the letter, and the list. And today, I want to take just a second to explain the importance of the story. When writing a press release, as in any story, dullness kills. Yep. We already did a... You already covered the story in one of our last... Okay, so... Stop. Stop. <laughs> All right. This was a bit of fun ad read, and uh, we're going to try again. Perfect timing, Dropbox. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so you don't your ad was going to get disrupted anyway. Apparently so. So, um, sorry, I just doomed. remember. You I know we did about, the hook. I remember you talking about dullness killing. So, the hook, I, I the story. You, okay. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt you. That's all right. That would okay. be. How about the list? We'll do the, uh, the list or the letter, whichever. The Let's list. Do the letter. Li- okay. <laughs> you guys choose. Well, doesn't the do list one. come first? Like, don't you first kind of no. prospect if the list is your last? It's a gift. <laughs> uh, I, I don't care. It doesn't matter. I do, don't. You guys decide. Up to do you. Do the letter. letter. Do the letter. 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 Do you letter. feel passionate about the letter? Doing the letter. Yes, All right. Here we go. Ready? Doing the letter in three, two. God, you have sixty seconds. Teach me something about PR. All right. Go. First of all, there's four main things you'd have to have in, in good PR: the hook, the story, the letter, the list. This is for getting out a press release that people are going to read. So okay. You've already put together your press release. But you need to, when you put that press release into the email that you're going to be sending out to your di- list of receivers. One at a time. Yeah, you need to put in there um, something that's compelling and interesting in the letter that's outside of the press release but accurately reflects the press release. So in the press release, you've written a very compelling little story to get them involved, but you got to get them to open it, right? That's this is the, the cover key. letter for your resume. The pitch. Exactly. The pitch. you got to pitch the press release. Uh, yeah. That's right. what it is. That's like exactly it. right. Um, and so you, under no circumstances do you put uh, in the subject line press release. <laughs> Never do that. Don't, uh, don't put a bunch of exclamation points. Those don't make it more important or exciting. Uh. You just compose a separate note with it, and you make it really compelling. Grab that editor or reporter or blogger that you need to get their attention. Grab them with something compelling, but accurate so you don't lose them next time you send Do them. you use the title of what you think the post that they would write about using your press release? As the title of the email, like it in the subject line, yeah, often. Yep, if, if I feel like it's a great title that I got for it, then I'll put it in the subject line. Yep, okay, cool, man. Those are good tips. I think there are more. 
There are more. We have. We do. We have a total of four. And you this. can you can get a copy. You can download it right now. You can. Where can you get it from, David? GTDShow.com/pr. Do it. Written do it by now. the one and only expert, Rod Thompson. GTDShow.com/pr. All right, we're back with more of episode seventy-three. Our power. <laughs> so, so Rod. Uh, federal court decision. This is this is not brand new now because uh, it's been it's been a couple weeks ago. But let me guess, there will be opinions. <laughs> there might be opinions. It's not just but, opinions, but though. in this case, Strong there's already opinions. been an opinion, and that's what matters. And that's the federal appeals court decision uh, opinion, mm-hmm. in which they ruled two to one in a split decision there, uh, upholding uh, the uh, FCC's. Um, regulating the internet like an industry or like a, an, uh, a utility. This is really important and really somewhat disturbing in my mind. Um, but let's, let's look at what happened here. The court ruled um, last week that internet providers such as Verizon and, and Comcast uh, have to obey federal regulations that ban the blocking or slowing of internet traffic to consumers. The regulation from the FCC forbids carriers from selectively speeding up websites that agree to pay the providers an extra fee for doing it, a tactic critics have said could unfairly tilt the commercial playing field against startups and innovators. So once again, we have the government coming and say, whoa, 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 whoa. We know what's best. You don't really get a choice in this. If you want to pay more for that, you can't because that could make it unfair towards others. Now, it's pitched very nicely as a net neutrality thing. And so the government's just stepping in to make sure everything's even Steven. In the fact, other- the vast majority of headlines on this case were used the phrase net neutrality. And so, right, exactly. And so they've done a nice job with the PR there. And I will say there is another side to it because this is a distant, distant cousin from the concept of a monopoly, which is, I think, a very legitimate area for government um, to have a role in, in a uh, free market capitalist uh, economy because you, a monopoly isn't free market <laughs> at all. And so, you know, by breaking up the bells, say, that was an attempt to break up a monopoly and create competition between the various bells uh, and sort of worked. That was before Josh was born. Oh, I, yeah. Do you remember my bell? Bell telephone. Up? It was before I was born because I'm, I'm familiar with it. Are you? Okay. I think so. I don't know. But I'll find out. Is that the kind of biggest, most legendary? Yeah, I, probably one yeah. that everybody likes to well, quote. Well, at least it, it, as close as you get to to uh, weren't they going telecom? To pro- okay, and and you oftentimes you see the government still keeps you know it won't approve certain mergers that both companies have agreed to oh, be- right. because that would create too much of a monopoly they feel. So there's there's a sort of tension that goes on there between what is sort of necessary and what's overboard. 1982. Is that one happened? Oh wow, yeah, uh, yeah. So, so, but here's the other side of this coin. All right. So, oh, I thought I just gave both sides. Well, I think you did, but I, I, I just, I feel like you know. So, like, I'm, a, I'm a small business person, right? If I want my website to go fast, I don't want to have to compete against Netflix for speed. Like everybody is used, the consumers oh, yeah. are used to having the expectation that if I type in something something dot com, that that thing that I just requested has the same pipeline to my house as any other thing that I just typed in, you know? I, yeah. And now we all know that sites can improve their speeds by, you know, using CDNs and other sort of things like that, which means they kind of buy into access, high-speed access. But uh, I don't know how I feel like if, if – it's a little bit like saying um, if I want to change the channel from CNN to Fox News, well, Fox News has a lower quality – picture 
Right. Well, and so that was that's Fox News decision, a monetary decision on their part, because they chose not to pay as much as CNN for it. So they're not but, spending but, money competitively for their audience. But but this becomes a free speech question, right? So what about the you know the PBS station that doesn't have the big budget to do that? And they're not gonna pay that fee just because they they don't they're not it's not financially viable for them to do that. What about them? Shouldn't they have access to? Shouldn't shouldn't I as a consumer have the ability to see their stuff even though they can't afford to pay for it? Yes. at that level of yes. quality, absolutely yes. So then here's here's the problem with it, because even it, because for one thing, uh, there's I think there's an argument against that to start with, but. Secondarily and more importantly, so who is say this that guy? Who argues against net neutrality? First, da- first darily, you really it, don't want to be on. You really don't want to be on my. It's the slippery slope argument, and 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 the libertarian here should be really, really um, comfortable no, I'm, with I'm, this. I'm, I'm, I'm tracking with you. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just, yeah, and that is that. What the, what this does is it says that the regulators in Washington D.C. Um, now have total uh, control of the internet. Um, just like they did the telephone companies, which means this is not going to stop at speed. This will go into issue after issue after issue of Internet use. And uh, and when the FCC gets involved with things, and it may even come up, the FCC, as you know, when it's regulating over the air TV stuff, it regulates content. Sure you does. You can't say certain words. You can't have pornography and all. Hallelujah. But I don't know that that's the role for government. And I don't know that that's the role that everybody wants. We've crossed the Rubicon here with this ruling. And I mean, well, I could go to the Supreme Court, but at this point we've crossed it. And that means that if we stay on this side of it, that means that there's no end to what federal regulators can do. And what history tells us is they will always be pushing for the next lever of control. And that's a worrisome state. Okay, now, didn't they step in in this situation specifically because net neutrality was kind of blowing up and someone had to come in and and make this this? It was 2015. And the FCC passed on down these rules that prevented di- the discrimination against, uh, you know, or for uh, certain things. Uh, wait, 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 wait. See, now that language right there is so loaded, prevented discrimination. What it does is it, it, they pass these rules saying that if you're willing to pay more for faster speed for your customers, you're not allowed to because that might disadvantage somebody else's customers. Here's the irony of this. Okay, so let's just let's just, let's paint this in slightly another another uh, uh, analogy. So let's say that company A, which is a big monstrosity, and, and is competing uh, for a government contract against company B. Company A says, I want to go to the person who's making the decision and pay a nice big fee. It says, hey, man, just award me this contract over my competitor. You know? okay, so technically, it's not the person making the decision. But right, they're both part of government, you're saying. Well, I'm just using an analogy. Uh-huh. So we would consider that corruption. If one company can buy access to something that uh, edges out a competitor, right? If it was a government thing. But this is private industry, or in theory, it's private industry. And so now company A, the FCC rules, no, 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 you can't bribe the, the, the cable company or the, or the internet service provider to get... Uh, okay, bribing is a terrible term for willing to pay a higher price for more quality. But here's why I think it's an accurate... Uh, it has more accuracy than not. Okay, maybe it's not accurate, but here's why I think that there's some legitimacy to this analogy. 
because these these providers already have a government issued monopoly. That's that's the only place that you can stand, in my opinion. That's the only place where you can stand, and I'm not I'm not thrilled with it philosophically, but you can stand there because you mentioned cable company, right? And once you went to cable company, because I get mine through um, Directv and stuff. You know, you get there's a lot of different ways, but if the cable company is already a monopoly. Right. And so and so as an already a regulated monopoly, then the government's already crossed it for a cable company. But, you know, there's a and, lot and of Fios different ways. Is the same can, way, which which is which is you sure, know, that's principally the biggest. I mean, the two biggest forms of Internet access in this country right now are either Time Warner Comcast, which is the two big cable companies and Verizon's Fios. I mean, those are the principal options for the vast majority of our country. I, I do feel like uh, 10 years from now, we're going to look back and, and rule where we are by allowing this. We're going to get the whole rest of the camel into the tent. Well, well, I think that if the FCC tries to bring the rest of their camel into the tent, I think they're going to have, they're going to see the other side of this. Um, yeah, the back end of the camel. Yeah. Well, I'm, <laughs> well, but will there be any legal stake, uh, leg for anybody to stand I mean, I think at, at this point, they've got the support of there's a lot of people that that agree that that net neutrality uh, that their stance on that is right. I mean, obviously, right. with all the press, they're. I mean, it's so that's true. I, I think it's a very popular ruling in a lot of ways. But the point I, is, is that now that it's been ruled on, now there's the legal precedent for the federal government and federal regulators who are unaccountable to the people. Why are you so continue, pessimistic to continue going forward? Because I know my history. You're depressing me. Well, it's true. Because, I mean, but, but going forward, I have to agree with you on this, Rod. I right, mean, because I, it, the next thing that the population disagrees with, well, too bad because the legal precedent okay. is set. All right, I guess. And that's that, but that's the problem. So, I, in in some ways, I feel like the 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 power grabbing federal federal government has painted itself into a pretty interesting corner here, because they're the reason we have these monopolies to begin with. Um, and they are also... Wait, wait, wait. Uh, explain that. Okay. So cable companies right. are granted a franchise. Right. right. And that's regulated through the FCC, if I'm not right. mistaken. So you're right? saying the reason we have regulated monopolies, because without it, we probably would have a monopoly that was unregulated when it came to cable, because you wouldn't have two cables along the line in the same community competing with each other. Maybe. I don't know. Okay. I mean, I mean, because, because look, Verizon has proved that... Getting copper the last mile to the to the end users can be done in competition with cable. Now there was a time when these were completely disparate technologies, right? But today, and, and, that, and that's where the, the the and that's where the regulation of the monopoly of of uh, the utility providers in that sense started. And that's why this is all dissolving into like complete irrelevance. How, how these you, monopolies, because eh, it doesn't really matter anymore. I mean, you know. But you, they're regulated, but so they it are. does matter. Exactly. And that's what this is saying. And now, Even but, as but the now, internet continues to evolve, now we're saying, but it's going to be regulated. Right. No matter how it evolves, it's regulated now. Right. By well, people you don't know and who are not accountable. How do you feel about uh, cities and mu municipalities actually providing internet to its occupants? Not a fan. No. No. I mean, not unless they do it in what's called an enterprise fund, which is a self-paying fund that so, pays for itself. And even then... I don't see any. Re I, I do not like the idea of cities, municipalities, or any government competing with existing private enterprise. If private enterprise is already providing it, then then government shouldn't be involved. But by treating internet access as a utility, right. in a, in, a, in essence, that the, everybody should have access to. The courts are now saying, well, this is comparable to like water and electricity, and you know, other basic you still, services. You still have to pay for that. People still have to pay for that. Sure. And, 
And and a lot of those are done privately. The government does some, but even in the local county in which we live in, they've been, you know, they consolidated a bunch of theirs and all. Um, I, there is no reason why that couldn't be privatized. It couldn't be run privately. Yeah. There, it does not have to be continue to be run by hey, the county. So this is very interesting. I don't know if you guys heard about this. It's called BitTorrent Live. Okay. I think the name is bad because I think people... I did hear of it. ...want to avoid it. What they're doing is completely legal. They're going to content providers, people creating movies, TV shows, and they're saying, come list your content on our platform and we'll hand your distribu distribution with our app. So instead of them having to get distribution and pay for hosting, all this stuff that you know these big internet companies provide and is a huge chunk of their expenses, now lies within the user. And it uses the, it's a different protocol than, than BitTorrent, but they, I think they use that so the people would understand how it works. Right. It's still a so you're P2P. It's yeah. a, so it's a peer-to-peer -peer file sharing deal, which is, which is in essence what BitTorrent is known for, right? Yes. So, so if our listeners are not familiar with BitTorrent, it would be a way that you could find content or many file, yeah. really. But it's illegal. A lot of the con well, not okay, well, not BitTorrent it's, itself. When it's stolen content, right? Right. right. But there, but 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 the way that it works is instead of uh, you know, Josh, let's say you live not far from me, which which is actually kind of true, and yeah, yeah, yeah. and you have a file on your computer that I want. Well, that instead of going to, yeah. to a server somewhere uh, and downloading it from some distant server, yep. now what I can do is I can I can without knowing who you are, I can request a file and somewhere there's a tool that says oh this guy over here's got it and yeah. i can get part of it from you and then i can get part of it from rod so and my I can question have the is file really quickly you're still accessing the internet to do that though right correct yeah so that's still going to end up being a regulated activity yeah and it already is very much regulated well that's because it, that's because yeah bittorrent's been you know pressing the but but it's just interesting to me so could there as backlash way down. I mean, well, shoot, there already is an underground internet. Uh, what what's it called? The dark web. Dark web. Yeah, but that there's another. That you're still accessing that. You still have. Yeah, you still connect to it through the same basic pipe. Right. It's, it's like saying I want a different flavor of water from the water company. I still uh -huh. have to. I still have to pass through my pipe. Right. Right. And which comes from the water company. You know. So it really it has to be treated like a utility. I don't know. I don't know that it does have to. I, I don't know because like it uh, hasn't been so far. So the biggest I think example it's done of really well without being regulated so far, actually. I, I think the biggest example of a company that has pulled off uh, disruption is Google, because they have come into communities and they say, you know, we're, we're going to put Google Fiber down, and yeah, often what they, they do is they make it available for free to everybody in the community. It's just a lower speed tier. It's still ridiculously fast. Yeah, and I uh, saw that. And then, but but then you can pay to have like a higher service tier, and it kicks everybody's butt. I mean, like I would consider moving somewhere that has Google Fiber. Like it's that. Yeah, you know what I mean. Oh yeah, we tried to get them here. I remember. Well, we, we did. Did, yeah. did our marriage we, we, we renamed sharks? Right. We renamed yeah. an island Google Island temporarily, yeah. and then we renamed, we renamed it back. We're like, yeah. forget you, Google. So, uh, but but Rod, I think your Kansas point, City got it. Your point, yeah, they did. Uh, your point about um, the. The fact that the government is just basically saying, eh, we're going to get into this fight because we want to control it, is legit. And, and that's problematic. But my contention is that they've already been in the fight. Well, and, only, only legally have they been through, in, through the fight if you're talking about the cable companies. Right. Well, and, 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 uh, and, and, and telcoms. And, I mean, and, I mean this, yeah, this all like Verizon. We used to have DSL, right, before we had, you know. So it, 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 it's all passed through government-regulated channels all along. I mean, there's not a, right. a situation. There, there was a place, I, but this was a place where it stopped. Right. I did have access for a while through a company that provided wireless access. 
and they used a cable, uh, they used a um, uh, microwave, and you had to have line of sight to your house. But even that what? is regulated by the FCC, right? Because right? yeah. it's a radio frequency, right? So my concern on one side was the was the consumer and whatnot, and what we, all we might. On the other side, though, I think what you'll also see is a is very much now a slowing of any sort of innovations that might have happened on the internet provision side, like you say, disruptor like Google, those sorts of things and all. Now that everything will have to be regulated through the FTC, now you're talking about such enormous expense and risk and all. I just don't think you'll see it happening. Yeah, it's interesting. Okay, is there any positive here other than this guy? Well, for the moment, the positive is that the cable companies and the telecoms and the other internet service providers can't actually uh, give a fast lane to somebody. Right. So basically, if you're a Netflix subscriber and you really want faster download, too bad because the guy down the street might not be able to afford it for his. Yeah, but at the same time, your cable company can't force their on-demand service to run faster and and stop you from using Netflix. Wait, hold on a second. You think... Companies should be able to pay to have their content delivered priority. Yeah, you think somebody like Netflix should be sure. able to pay the system sure, cause, and cause get companies priority all the time buy higher quality stuff than other companies do than their competitors do. Yeah, sure. Why, that's just that's just capitalism. No. Yeah. Absolutely not. No. Nah, but somebody will come along and disrupt that. So I mean, this, this well, is the, this I think is the this, free market this, versus this the really regulated. Makes it a lot harder for that to happen. Well, this does truly. Yeah. All right. When we come back, <laughs> we're going to have uh, more gonna switch topics. valuable discussion. In fact, we have, uh, we have some interesting news about SEO and how you rank in search. And uh, that is coming up next. Rod, what are you reading right now? Are you listening to anything? I, actually, I am. I am uh, on my Audible. Oh, yeah. And I'm listening to, I just started listening to Drive by Daniel Pink. Ah, what a great book. And, you know, I mean, I you read, you've it? read it. I have. You've I read ha- it, so I, you know about it. I haven't listened to the audio, but I did read the book. Right. Well, he's a fantastic speaker, so oh. I haven't read any of his stuff. He is, and, and he was a guest on our show. He was, a, he was a great guest. Did he, although he did not want to talk about this book, ironically, uh, did, he, did he read the, uh, the, the Audible, or do they have a, a narrator? Uh, they have a narrator. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And that's often best, I think. I mean, not every author is a good, is a good reader. It's true. It's well, true. and you could be a good public speaker and a poor reader of your own. I mean, or like the way a, you have to read a book. Yeah. Right. Or like yeah. The, the one book that I re, uh, listened to a couple of months ago where the author kept, kept like taking side journeys because <laughs> he couldn't resist. It was his content. And, yeah. uh, but that actually made it more fun. But Audible, I, I, just, I just love it. I tell you what, we've, we've done, we bought some of the great courses for the summer. I looked at that. The two-for-one deal? Yeah, it was a great deal. Yeah, Wait, I looked at that. Yeah. What, what is the content? So the great courses are uh, literally top college professors and, uh, and, and lecturers from all over the world. And you can just can go back to school. download their courses and for listen to the lectures. $10 a month? Seriously, man. For like one credit, we... But isn't a lot of that content available on iTunes U? You probably aren't familiar with iTunes U. It's iTunes University. No. But they we're doing an way. Audible ad, so how about we stick with Audible? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying. I didn't know to the say. Great Courses is a brand name, and they offer their right, own great courses. stuff. Yeah, okay. they used to and have the it video on and all sorts of I've, CDs. I've and heard stuff. it. I just haven't yeah. looked at it. Yeah. So anyway, Audible does have a huge library of the Great Courses. Uh, we are also on book seven of Harry Potter right now oh, with nice. our daughter. We've all three of us have just thoroughly enjoyed listening to uh, Harry Potter. Interesting. So I would like to say on the Daniel Pink. Yeah, do it. Um, is that it's it, it, the subhead is surprising truth about what motivates us. Oh, yeah. And I'd also like to say that he's really a good narrator of it. 
Oh, the narrators are always so great. Because it's actually Daniel Pink. I forgot that it was him. He actually narrated. Wait, you it. said I know. You said it wasn't. I said it wasn't him because I because it was good. And I don't expect that from a writer. Oh gosh. I know. Wow. So, but I, thought I did I not realize it was going to be him. How I, cool I, was so, that? I know. I I so I thought I should quick correct that while we're talking about yeah. Audible here. Oh, and you know he's actually got a really good voice too. He does. Mm. He does. It's like I expect the authors to you be. You got sort voice envy. I, I, I just enjoy good voices. I'm not going to mm. say envy. I just mm. enjoy a good voice when I hear it. I'm uh, listening to The Wizard of Menlo Park about Thomas Edison. Oh, wow. I bet really? that's fascinating. Yeah, it's my first Audible book. Excellent. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow, that's cool. All right, so uh, we encourage you, uh, if you have a big summer trip coming up, no better way to pass the time with your family or if you're just, you know. Gonna... Right after you finish listening to our episodes, of course. All right. First, listen to the Grow the Dream show. Then go to audibletrial.com slash dream, <laughs> and uh, you can get your first audiobook absolutely free on us, audibletrial.com slash dream. You'll check out their service, enjoy all uh, access to all this great stuff. And if you sign up for an account, I think it's like 15 bucks a month, and you get one credit, which uh, you can spend on anything you'd like. And those carry over month to month. Yeah, for six months. I, uh, I uh, sometimes let them pile up. But then I, I go, whoop, whoop, I got six credits. I need to buy something. So it's like the rollover credits that uh, T-Mobile used to. Exactly, yeah. Your minutes roll over. Yep. So audibletrial.com slash dream. All right. And let us know what you're reading, too. Yeah, or listening to. Or both. Or that. Yeah. You and can tweet that. us at GTD Show. Email us at show at growthedream.com. We'd like to hear from you. So uh, the on-page SEO story, I I got a kick out of this this week because the first headline on this story was <laughs> on-page SEO is dead. And then they backtracked, which I was glad they did because, you know, it's so clickbaity. And they even they when they shared this on social, it was like they kind of were already apologizing. Like, we're sorry to say it's, you know, X is dead. But, you know, and so they, they, they proceeded here. But here's what's fun about it. <laughs> Wait, before you jump into the comment, just yeah. really super briefly on it. So. I have no problem with a clickbaity headline if it's accurately <laughs> reflecting the story. Because look at what their headline is now. On page SEO in 2016, colon, a parentheses, 2 million keyword close parentheses, data-driven analysis. Did anybody else fall asleep during it's that one? It's a terrible headline. It oh, really my is. gosh. Why but not they, just stick with an accurate headline? that We used to call those, before they were clickable, we used to call those a great headline. <laughs> yeah, but this one was not a great headline. Oh, because well, if it's not reflecting the story, then never mind. Oh, okay, so you're saying that boring title well, is more reflective of... Of what's actually in there. But <laughs> now, here's why this is in, in, interesting. So, this is from ahrefs.com, which is a fun HTML joke. Um, and, but there, Wait, it, href, href, ahref? No, yeah. I know. Okay. How, how, is it, how is it funny? I use ahrefs all the time. I know, but they, they call their website ahrefs.com. I think that's funny. <laughs> that's humorous. And they're an SEO blog. They've been, they've been uh, writing on SEO for a long time. And they have a great tool. Uh, I don't use it anymore, but it's. I it's, think it's a great. It's, yeah, it's good. I, 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 was, I was complimenting them. Um, but so here's what they did. They did an analysis of 2 million keywords, and they looked for correlation between traditional, quote, on-page SEO factors. So, so, for example, did you use the exact match keyword in your domain name? Uh, is it in the title of the page? Is it in the alt tag on an image somewhere? Is it in the beginning of the title of the content? Uh, is it in a headline, an H1 tag? Is it a subhead, H2? What about in the content itself, in the meta description, in the first 100 words, in the URL? Did you catch all of that? Anything? No, anything I got it all. Okay, cool. Yep. So then they looked at other factors such as the age of the page, length of the content, how many social shares, is it HTTPS, uh, you know, linking out to high-quality sites, 
Uh, were there broken links? What about the page load time? The the actual length of the URL? So they looked at a ton of different factors. Uh, that are known or once known to be contributing factors to how well something ranks. Yeah. Now, we should stipulate, as they did, that their 2 million keywords that they analyzed, uh, this the correlation and causation are not the same thing. <laughs> no, they are not. Okay. However... They, what they did is they ranked, they, so they gave a score of zero to zero correlation, and then they gave a positive number when there was a positive correlation, a negative number to negative correlation. So ironically... They had negative correlations. So interesting. Almost okay. all of the factors that I just mentioned have a very tiny correlation with top Google search rank. Okay. Meaning that they all feed in together? No. Because factors like backlinks... The URL rank itself, the referring pages, uh, referring domains, uh, the domain rank, all of those obliterated these on-page SEO factors in terms of correlation. Oh, really? The search rank. Uh, okay. okay. I didn't. I was looking at the chart, and I didn't see that. So scroll down. There's more charts. Okay. So, okay. Page backlink factors uh, versus domain backlink yeah. factors. Yeah. So if or, you're... If, on, oh, Oh, wow. If uh, all you're doing is looking at just the on-page factors themselves, you're like, oh, look, that one's more correlated than the right. other. But but then you're like, oh, by, you know, when you look at the scale of the other correlations, it's like all of that crap is... So, oh, yeah, my for, for gosh. A, a page backlink, the URL uh, rank there is what? And so four, four, five, no, it's five times higher than the highest one, which is the domain name in the on-page SEO. But factor. when you look at stuff wow. that's written about, and a majority of the content that's written about, about... Um, SEO online, right? It's all on-page stuff, and I know why because it's stuff you can change. It's you have actual, control over. You're it. like, oh, cool! I can go add HTTPS to my site. Oh, cool! I can change the title of 15 of my posts, and maybe that'll help. Now, like, here's what the, here's what's really crazy. really important about this. Okay, they there's a massive massive factor that they did not study at all, and they specify this really early on in the Social? story. No, this is all about exact match keywords. And what I ha will contend and, and can tell you is true is that if you factor in latent semantic indexing, which they plan to study, <laughs> then the on-page SEO factors that we're talking about here are going are gonna to have a lot more weight. Now, we don't have the data from them yet. So, But what is latent semantic? Have we talked about latent semantic indexing on the show? Is this where Google looks at uh, how users are actually using your content and they use that to rank things higher? Um, let's, let's define it this way. So if you are, let's say you have, Josh, you have a, uh, a, a dog obedience school. Yes. Right? Cause that's the first thing I go out and start, but continue. Right. So people who have been through our, my training courses will, will be laughing right now because we've beat the dog obedience school thing. To death. <laughs> but I, I just, I Not like dog. I, no, no, we have no, no, no dogs harmed in the forming of this philosophy. Okay. <laughs> so. Uh, but so you have a dog <laughs> obedience school, and you are located in Syracuse, New York. Mm. All right, what's the one phrase that you want to rank number one for? Dog obedience school, Syracuse, New York. Right, but when I need your services the most, what do I actually search for? My puppy peed on the carpet. Right, exactly. Right, right. So My dog keeps barking. I haven't used any phrases that are remotely related to dog obedience school, Syracuse. Right, right. Because puppy. Uh, barking, peeing, okay. you know, right? I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like those, those. There's such a diversity of things that people type in. So latent semantic indexing has to do with the idea that Google is able to draw semantic correlations between 
terms that on the surface do not appear to have any relationship to, to the, you know to one another whatsoever. Now, as an English speaker, we know they do. But if you're a machine and you're like puppy barking and obedience school, you're not, not going right. to connect those I two. I thought that's you're, where okay. AI, though, actually could help. Well, the reason that Google is better now than ever at this is because they have access to much better horsepower in terms of processing and computing, right? So, so in other words, what, this, what I'm saying that this did not uh, reflect, this study, it did not reflect partial match keywords, synonyms, or what we might normally think of as latent semantic indexing type keywords. And, and if you were to then incorporate, so, and they use it great. Why, why latent? Because it's not Be, obvious and upfront. Yeah, it has to do with the idea that the, that the sem- I think of latency as delayed. Oh, no. Latent, latent has to do with the idea that something is intrinsic, uh, but, but below the surface. Okay. Right? Is that a good definition, yeah. Rod? Thank you. Uh, I just wanted some approval from you about that. Because like, <laughs> you're such the wordsmith. I'm like... He's our yeah, word guy. Yeah. So, um, I mean, you know, so, uh, so like you might have a talent that's latent, right? Um, yeah. But, but that I means... Be, I could be a magician. I just don't know it. Right. Right. I could yeah. be really good. Yeah. And other people might not know it, right? Right. So latent semantics, uh, that, that's the idea that these terms are related to each other. But if you're a machine, you can't necessarily... It's not obvious to you. I might really be a good dog trainer, but I have no idea. Right. So they use a good example of this, all right, on the, uh, in, the, in the post. There's a picture. They, they, they use the Google search guest posting. And the very top result said three ways guest posting can help your online audience. But the next post said the ultimate guide to guest blogging. There's a list of guest blogging sites, the definitive guide to guest blogging, and how to write an effective guest post for high-traffic bloggers, right? So only one of those, only the top one, actually, in this case, which may not make the case very well, but only the top one used the exact match phrase guest posting in the title, in the URL, in the headline, right? The other phrases that Google found that they that are latent semantics are guest blogging. So if you search for guest posting, Google showed you guest blogging results. Yeah, yeah. Because they know that guest posting is what a guest blogger does. Yeah. yeah. So what I'm saying is that it, it's yes, it's a partial match keyword, but it's also has it also has a semantic correlation. So when this is so we sat down and we analyzed this this week because we're doing a project right now for a client that needs to rank. They're not a dog obedience school in Syracuse, but so you're trying to optimize for semantic. Yeah, we have six different pages on their website. We're trying to optimize those pages to rank well for these six different terms, right? Each one for one term, Uh, and and but each term is kind of they're related. They're like a different way of saying the same different localities, no different services that the company provides. So it's like three different. No, I'm sorry, two different services that they provide in three different major cities, right? So that adds up to six. Okay. So what we have, we've generated a massive list of semantic keywords for each service. So if it were dog obedience school, for example, we might say puppy training. We might say, you know, uh, yeah, you know what I mean. Like, and we, there's we this generate- notion that you can teach Google. What well, it, some of these related terms are by including all of these related terms in one what, article. What used to be done on internet pages 10, 15 years ago, when they, but they hid a thousand terms that could No, work it was, it was the thousand like same keywords. 
or or it was a thousand different keywords, and because they wanted one page to rank on all these terms, right? But Which, that's as all, a fundamental that's rule, a long time ago, right? Yeah, Google doesn't let you rank for a bunch. No, I understand of that keywords. it's long yeah. gone, but I just wanted to know. If but this if they're is, semantically if this is a related, of it. no. Well, what it what it is? If they're relevant Google, like keywords, yeah, yeah, exactly. So Google, what Google has done is they have figured out that high quality content doesn't say the same phrase over and over because it's right. written for human beings, and a, a natural writer will organically use a wide variety of different terminology to relate to this topic. So should you have a core title that's like, okay, so this is the one I think, so guest posting might be the one that you think is the main one you want to target. But then in the actual article, you use words like guest blogging, um, posting on other people's blog posts. Like, I don't know what other terms people would use. In, but like In a case like this, you might even toss the exact match out of the title. Like you might not care. You might use a, a a semantically related keyword in the title itself and toss the exact match because if you look at the correlation in the title, it's point zero four, whereas right, right. you know like a backlink is a point four. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like, but they haven't crushed the numbers, so they're they're sort of theorizing at this point, right? Well, I'm theorizing. You're they theorizing. didn't. They didn't. All they did in Your, their story yeah, was you, say we haven't studied. The, the partial match semantic. and semantic stuff. So this, I'm this, just saying from my own experience. Uh -huh. He's theorizing that this is going. Yeah, that we, we've gotten pages to rank in highly competitive situations where we've almost ignored the primary keyword. Uh, now, it, it, because here's what will happen. If you write really great content and you publish it, somebody else will share it. Right, and then you have a backlink. And, and they'll helps. link to it, and their anchor text might use your primary keyword, okay. which is even better for you That's if right. it's not an exact match. Right. Right? So, so, the, the, so then their search is found also. The, so correct. So they have two different ways. Which is one of the pointers. So Google's gotten much better, Rod, at analyzing the content and saying, okay, this disparate set of terminology is all relevant to this core idea. And based on our understanding of the intent of the searcher, this page has a high relevance, right. even though it may not use the exact match phrase. Right. Commonly, um, but but then the, and that's their major that's their major deal is they're they're using that more so than links they tell us. So, but this is a form of artificial intelligence, right? Because Google's algorithm, in a sense, is learning what kind, what you know phrases and all go together, work together, what words fit concepts. And yes, all. more yeah. precisely, we should call it machine learning. Machine because, learning because yes. AI doesn't really exist yet. But right, but it doesn't. Yes. yes, machine learning is more accurate. Yeah, right. And it's also a tremendous data set. I mean, Google has the biggest data set in the universe, both in terms of content, pages, and also in terms of searchers. Right. Right. So they're, they're going to be in the best position to, to sort this out. So w ironically, the big lesson that my team and I took away from this, if I can insert this real quick. Insert. Away. Write good quality content for human beings. <laughs> well, it's and, funny how things come around and go around. And that it? leads right into the next article that we want to talk about, which I'll kind of skip to the punchline here. It says you don't need to do keyword research using all of these crazy tools, <laughs> yeah, such right. as key, what is it, like keywordtool.io, well, um, keyword it, planner by Google. Ahrefs actually, I think, has a keyword. And you use it to, okay, so specific <laughs> to, to long. No, 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 I'm sorry. They're more of the backlink checker. I, I got them confused. Uh, you know, but yeah. Uh, to long, yeah, you're, you're trying tracker, to find, yeah. Um, the the uh, Moz. Uh, right. Moz has keyword tools. So uh, point is, tools. none of those are all that important, really. Well, no, no, they are. They're, they're great. He's providing an alternative way. He's saying, well, let's go back to the basics. And he says, pretend you write, well, just write a couple paragraphs that describes your company and what they do. And then go through and underline the most important like things that you need to pop out. 
And and his argument is those are your long tail keywords. And it's very similar to your um, dog training example. Sure. Where, you know, my dog just peed everywhere. How do I fix this or whatever? And uh, he uses Alaska Sleep Clinic as his example. But uh, so he goes, at Alaska Sleep Clinic, our main service is diagnosing and treating sleep disorders, most notably sleep apnea. In that sentence, sleep disorders is underlined, sleep apnea is underlined, and then it kind of goes in more depth, some of these longer tail stuff, like home sleep studies, in-lab sleep studies. Um, oh, and they're using those as links. Or, well, no, no, these no, are no, just underlined. He's oh, just he underlined. Just, oh, I see. This is a brainstorming his, tool. Yeah, he's just he followed his own idea. And then he's going right. to basically list each of these kind of underlined terms and start writing blog posts or articles um, around those. And oh, this is great. In this three paragraphs, they used in-lab sleep studies, home sleep studies, severity of sleep apnea, durable medical equipment, DME, uh, CPAP devices, obesity, overweight, symptoms, breathing problems, snore loudly. They use like all of these phrases that people are going to search for. Because right. and, and what we used to teach people was people don't search for solutions. They search for their problems. Problems, right. yeah. Right. And that's what that's a... What did you call that? What's the phrase you used? Long tail? Yeah. So the long tail keyword sounds an awful lot like latent semantics to me. Well, yes and no. Okay, they're so, very... Yeah. yeah. They're, 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 they're similar. But like... If, like a long tail keyword for me, if back in the good old days when Google Analytics would still show you the keywords today, they block 90% or more. Oh, it's so irritating. It's so, it really is. But but even now, I can go to one of our, our clients' websites where we've written a lot of content. Like like the, the client I was talking about earlier that might do well on video, right? We've written their blog for four years. So if you, we, let's say we wrote 50 posts a year. Mm-hmm. That's what, 200 blog posts at 500 words a piece. You can do the math. We've written a lot of content for this company, right? Those yeah. are a lot of words. If you go through their Google Analytics account, even now, you will see hundreds and hundreds of keywords that only get searched one time mm-hmm. in a month, and yeah. they and they produce one visit. Well, we don't know how many times they get searched, but they but we can track one visit. Right, right. But those you're not are going to optimize for any of those one no. terms, right? But by writing a lot of content about this topic, we've used them in a way that is how you produce latent semantic, you know. Keywords, right? right? Okay. So, so, you know, you naturally, if you're writing good quality yeah. content, you're naturally going to use phrases. Well, and if, like, to kind of flip the order of these, if you were starting from the beginning to try to come up with long tail keywords, I like this because this uses the human approach. You aren't yeah, saying, Google, tell me what people are searching for. You just, you're just figuring it out on your own. You can take each one of these. You could say, like, durable medical equipment, for example, and then kind of do a, a, a latent semantic indexing exercise and look at, okay, um, Long-lasting medical equipment, strong medical equipment, um, durable medical supplies, like all these other things that could be related. Um, and I might be murdering it because I have no idea. Well, a, but, a little bit because DME is actually an industry term. Uh, durable medical equipment is an industry term. So that, so it's not likely that people would use synonyms for durable in that. But for many of these other like breathing problems and snoring and, and <clears throat> all of that sort of stuff, uh, people would. And they would use a, quite a few different synonyms. CPAP masks. Yeah, CPAP is an interesting idea. Face apparatus. <laughs> so this article was published, uh, the one that we're just referring to was published on the saleslion.com, which is, which is the home of Marcus Sheridan, who we've also had on the show. But this was uh, written by Kevin Phillips, this particular article. Um, very interesting uh, idea. The other thing that he recommends, which I think is fun, is he, he goes to Google and just types, starts typing sleep apnea. And, and looks at the suggested the suggested terms. And then he starts to in, to create a question out of it. So he says, can sleep ap- apnea? And then he looks at all of the suggestions from that. Or how sleep apnea. Yeah. Wow. 
So uh, fun stuff. Um, lots of interesting ideas in there, and so we encourage you to check out that story. Uh, and we'd like to find out how you're using these uh, these ideas uh, on your own website and your own content. Up next, tool of the week, baby. Ooh, happy day, tools of the day. <laughs> Episode seventy three continues. All right, tool. what do you got for us? All right, so Twitter released this new tool. It's called Engage. It's an app. I don't know if it's an app on the web, but it's an app on your phone. And it's aimed at influencers, specifically folks that get lots and lots of spam and hate comments on Twitter. But then they also made it available to everyone. And it, it kind of takes the approach of the person who goes to Twitter not to look at their news feed, but rather to catch up with people who have mentioned them. Um, oh, yeah. and possibly, you know, friended them, that sort of thing. So it's focused on mentions and analytics. So it's a very interesting uh, kind of tool. And then you also see that there's this top section where you can see if what legitimate accounts, um, it calls them influencers, have interacted with you. So like an influencer mentioned. So oh, that's interesting. Yeah, and then it also has a, a dedicated Ooh. section for verified stuff. So I can go look back and see that uh, for the pitch, uh, John Frankel, he's a verified guy. Um, he retweeted and favored a tweet of ours. So it's very it like it um, it highlights the the uh, kind of the cream of your interactions on Twitter and allows you know brings those kind of out of the. Okay, is this only on iOS? Oh, is it? I'm sorry if it is. I don't know. I can't find it. I'm looking in the Play Store right now because I'm like I want to install this puppy right now. And sure enough, the Twitter blog links directly to the iTunes store and does not doggone these things. Why I'm sorry, is this? I'm sorry to make you... It's not your fault. I mean, angry. some of the stuff recently has been your fault, but this isn't. <laughs> I mean... Like when I assume all of our listeners use Mac? Yeah. Yeah, precisely. Yeah. Uh, so, And by the way, we had some listener feedback about that. Somebody, somebody responded and said... I use Windows? Yeah, well, I actually did. But, uh, but no, his point was that... Creative types and, and marketers in, and business owners tend to be Mac people. So he estimates that we probably have like 50% of our audience that uses That's Mac. what I was saying. Thank said you. a high percentage of our yes. audience would be Mac users. Boom. No data. That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> but There's no data about this whatsoever. But a listener uh, spoke j- just up. Just like you, latent semantics. Well, You true. have to value the opinion <laughs> of the listener. I have at least some evidence about it. I have an opinion, dang it. That's right, doggone <laughs> it. And I formed it because I wanted to. You can smart. L- you can look in our <laughs> analytics at what user agent is accessing our RSS feed. Uh, yeah, I can. But then when we started the show and did a bunch of advertising, we only advertised links to the freaking iTunes store. So, like, this is a cycle that repeats itself. I'm sorry. That's just mine. Pizza stuff and pizza stuff and pizza stuff. That too. Yeah. <sighs> I can tell you're bitter about it, but you're also accepting the truth. Yeah. And I'm okay with. I'm accepting the truth that I can't download this app. <laughs> well, that's annoying. And it says the only app only for iOS United States at this time. So if you're outside the U.S., you're screwed too. Even if you're an iOS user. Hmm. But us and we Android users. Now, what's funny is I like I get some of this data right now because I use ThinkUp. And um, and so ThinkUp does uh, pay special attention to like verified users and all that sort of fun stuff. So I get I get. Do you want to do you want to see it? 
No, I don't want to see it. I don't want to see the app. Look at it. No, you're just going to give him. You're going to give him app envy here. Twitter thinks I'm not important, so you know what? I don't. So for all of our for all of our listeners who are Android users, you can reach Josh Muccio on Twitter at Josh Muccio. That's right. My email. M U C C I O. No, we're not giving your email address. Give the same Twitter address we always give. Uh, you can hit up Rod Thompson, who is also a Mac and iOS user, at uh, Rod underscore Thompson. There's no P in Thompson. And you can reach David Johnson, who is an Android user and a Windows user, more painful. Uh, no, yet. I'm a Chrome OS user and an Ubuntu user primarily. Okay, and I just gave fine. you a $9 Linux computer before the show you started. You did. I like it. I can't <laughs> wait to play with this. My daughter I know. and I are going to have fun with this. Yeah, we should tease this and then talk about it on the show. It's like a chip. What's it called? It was it's called get, Chip. GetChip.com. Get it's a $9 little computer. runs late. But actually, you bought the, the HDMI thing, which is an upgrade. So Yeah, so it ended up being like 30 something yeah. like that. We have a Raspberry Pi, although there is a new Raspberry Pi, and I have Ooh. Raspberry Pi Envy. Every oh, time no. you say that, I get hungry. Uh, yeah, well, that's good. Um, it's, it's, good. It's, it's in there solid. And does this, this is a little case, too, right? You got the case. Well, the case came on the, the board. Yeah, but I think it might be an upgrade. Like uh, from nine to bucks. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, we're gonna play with it. I'll build something cool and we'll uh, we'll we'll feature it on the show. You can reach David Johnson at the David Johnson. Sorry, Rod. I, I thought you he's didn't the David said Johnson. That. He knows. I didn't get it finished. And uh, but I can, was going to. Darn it. You know, tweet us on the show account at uh, GTD Show. Uh, we all see that. Eventually, I see it pretty really regularly. Don't admit that on air. Uh, did, I did. I'm sorry. I One was, of us will see it. We will see it. Yes, we, we will, will think you are communicating with us if you tweet us there, and you can we also will know it. Darn it, we'll know it. Email us at show at growthedream.com. Next week, great show. We've already got some fantastic topics lined up, and uh, we are looking forward to that. See you then. I will not be here. Oh, you're on vacation next week, or you're Please. out of town. Yeah. Okay. It'll be very early in the morning. So unless you want to record the show later and call in. Do we know where you're going? Are you, are you yeah, telling San us? Yeah, San Francisco. Why are you going to the valley? Yeah. Oh, it will be early in the morning. It will be. Yeah. Three hours. <laughs> I think you should have to join us. Dog, when I fly to the West Coast, I'm wandering around the hotel at like 4.30 in the morning going, where's breakfast? Well, if that's yeah, but if that's the case, up then anyway. <laughs> just check your messages on Slack. I'll be like, hey, I'm up. Call uh, me. All right. All right. Anyway. Josh might be here next week. We don't know. Okay. It's a deal. <laughs> Have a great week. Thanks for listening to the Grow the Dream Show. We invite you to subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. Get connected to our growing community, add your comments, ask questions, and listen to the archives on the web at growthedream.com slash show. 